Welcome into the Green Insider Podcast, Power Chat Edition, episode number 84, happening right now, and as promised, a brand new series, Follower Friday, where each Friday we'll take a follower from our LinkedIn page and debut them, and of course, all you have to do is be a follower of ours on the LinkedIn page to be featured on the Follower Friday series, so if you're not a follower of us yet, please do so and get in that mix so that we can get you on the Follower Friday series and highlight what you're doing in the renewable space as well as the energy transition. So without further ado, let's kick this thing off. The debut of the Follower Friday series, talking all things geothermal with Miss Bridget Silva from Criterion Energy Partners. Criterion Energy Partners is an exploration and production company that is seeking geothermal production. So we think traditionally about exploration and production as being oil and gas, but Criterion Energy Partners is exploring and producing geothermal and specifically looking to do it leveraging quite a bit of the expertise that our team, our management team has in the oil and gas industry. So all of us really transitioned from oil and gas um, to geothermal. We see geothermal as being extremely synergistic to oil and gas, um, offering a less disruptive energy transition. So when we think about the blue sky future of energy transition, you know, a lot of folks look to what is battery technology going to do and solar and, and wind, et cetera. But geothermal is the only uninterruptible renewable power source or renewable energy source. And it also leverages a lot of the skill sets of oil and gas, meaning that you can transfer those skills directly to um, geothermal from oil and gas without a lot of extra training, et cetera. We need petroleum engineers, we need geologists, et cetera. So Criterion Energy Partners is basically established to do that. We have two co-founders who met in business school and they went to Rice, you know, good Houston-based university for an MBA program. And they met in 2016. At the time, our co-founder, Stanny Ray, was a leading project for Anadarko. And then our other co-founder, Sean Marshall, was at a bank. So he was with Credit Suisse looking at A&D transactions, trying to figure out how does he help oil and gas organizations to high grade their portfolios? How do we apply the oil and gas industry expertise to geothermal in a new way that actually makes a geothermal um, future viable? practically everywhere. And, and so then as they started to build out the management team, we have um, two Anadarko background um, in our geology and engineering. So Denise Knight handles our geology um, and our new ventures. She is very focused on understanding subsurface data to figure out how do we de-risk projects um, instead of you know, going and exploring and drilling a bunch of wells. She's looking at where are the best bets for us to drill first, second, third, et cetera. And she's building strategy around that. And then Jeff Tater, who also comes from Inadarko um, as a drilling engineer is looking at how do we execute these projects in a way that um, really 
optimizes the production of energy. And then my background is really in the data and analytics side of things. I worked with a lot of the banks to help them evaluate lower 48 assets and figure out where are the uh, big plays going to be, where should we invest our money, et cetera. And so um, the combination of us coming together has really created this strategy, this go-to-market strategy of let's first find the most viable subsurface that we understand really well. Let's build a, a solution that um, is going to give us the most um, optimize, if you will, the, um, the energy production from the well. And let's go do that in a way that focuses on a density of um, carbon emissions and in, in clients, for example, that have a sustainability interests that have a high demand for energy and let's build those partnerships. Once we build those partnerships, we can really start to do two things. One is we can help all of these energy companies, whether they're you know at the upstream part of the value chain all the way to the downstream part of the value chain, let's help them to meet their net zero um, you know objectives because their license to operate depends on it. But then the second thing is let's make sure that we're doing this in a way that we can really transition jobs into this particular part of the industry. And, and the most important thing that we kind of hang our hat on is that when we build a geothermal production um, facility, we are applying uninterruptible, the only uninterruptible renewable energy source. There's so many transferable skills from the oil and gas side to geothermal, but why do you think geothermal has been left on the sidelines for so long? You know, it's interesting. In the, in the 1970s, the DOE um, did a geothermal study on the Texas Gulf Coast. I don't know if anybody ever read that study, but they actually proved that you can create power and heat from drilling um, in that particular zone. And, and, you know, I think you could Google search it and find the DOE report and we're asked a lot, well, if that was successful, why did it take so long for um, companies like ours? And, you know, there are many other geothermal companies starting up to start to really get their arms around it. And I think it, it comes down to two things. One is you have to have a demand for the renewable energy. Um, and so if you think about where the world is, the, um, the, the Paris Agreement and the IPCC's um, basically policy policymakers overview things like that have really just started to permeate um, the world. And so, if we look at climate change and the um, our need to you know stop climate change from going above 1.5 degrees C, all of that was kind of comes out of the Paris Agreement, et cetera. And so you have industry now that's looking at, okay, how do we solve this problem? So the demand is there for renewable energy in a way that it hasn't been before. Capital intensive, the way that you know your oil and gas developments are. And so where is the capital coming from? And I think investors want to look at okay, what is that shiny object that's brand new, that's not necessarily leveraging new technologies, and let's go bet on 20 of those and hope that two or three take off, and that's going to make us a ton of money. Um, but when you think about geothermal, it's actually quite pragmatic. And I'd also say, Fred, that if you, if you look to the international space, you do have quite a few geothermal developments. So Indonesia is a big hub for geothermal. Um, there are actually some interesting projects in Africa. Africa runs off of a lot of geothermal, particularly in Kenya. 
Kenya has just received some more offset credits that they can sell globally to help other countries offset their, their carbon footprint. So in the international space, the conventional play for geothermal is, is actually quite pervasive across the world. It's the unconventional, the, the deeper wells, the, the, the lower temperatures that we're really kind of looking to address versus the shallower wells with higher temperatures. I see a huge influx of technology in general coming to Texas. I'd shout out um, that Texas is just such a a great environment and culture for business. I think Texas has always been, you know, really kind of nice, kind to businesses and, and really wants to grow. But I'll also shout out to the ION Houston. And I don't know if you've had the opportunity to join the Friday morning networking events, but the ION Houston is very much so looking to um, really fuel innovation in Houston. There are some other um, innovation accelerators that we're aware of and, and have participated in um, as a result of this networking event every Friday. It's at Finn Hall downtown on Travis and Rusk uh, area in downtown Houston, where all of these startups and um, these ideas are coming together. People are meeting each other. They're friendly. The partnerships with Greentown Labs, as sure. an example as well, those are, those are all partnerships that because of the energy toward really Houston being, we call it the, the Silicon Bayou. What's up for us in 2022? We actually put on our website what our development plan looks like for drilling a pilot well, um, building a five megawatt facility, and then following it with a 20 megawatt facility that's co-located with, with our uh, customers. So we plan to kick off that um, project in the second half of the year. Um, we've been very active and busy in really obtaining the partnerships required to do that. So it takes, you know, it takes a village, right, to drill a geothermal well. So, so we've been doing that. And then, of course, a lot of money goes into it as well. So we've, we've had quite a few conversations with investors, investors from the traditional institutional standpoint, as well as some corporate investors that are very interested in getting into the space. And, um, and we're very excited to push forward and drill this first well. Thank you so much for that, Miss Bridget Silva. You can catch all of the Green Insider episodes over at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and of course on our website, eRenew.net. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, and we know that a lot of you do, give us a five-star rating. Why? Because we promise you learn more about renewable energy and the energy transition than you knew about it before you stopped by. Don't forget, next week we'll have part one of our two-part series on Deloitte with Ms. Marlene Matika, head of Global Renewable Energy for Deloitte, and another Follower Friday. So if you're not following us on LinkedIn, jump on board now. You will be glad you did. This has been the Green Insider Podcast, powered by eRenewable. We make going green easier. Yeah. <laughs>